Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here. Played nearly a decade in the NFL. First-round pick, wide receiver, also a national champion with the Buffs in the early 90s. Pritch, how we doing, man? Doing well. Doing excellent. I had to uh, confirm with you today was Friday. Because <laughs> yeah. the days are running together on me, really your boy, right now. But uh, no, it's great to be with you here on the Marty Line. And man, we are basically okay. We got the Hall of Fame game coming up, right? A week, a less than a week. Yep. Now. And then uh, the following weekend is football from then on out. Every Sir, weekend. That it's it's a just hearing you say that. <laughs> I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful, right? I, and I get it. Like the Hall of Fame game, it's it's not even football. Mm-hmm. To be like the players are wearing football jerseys, but it doesn't look like it's actually football. But I'm still gonna enjoy it, damn it. Yeah, I'm yeah. still gonna enjoy it. Jets Browns can't get here soon enough. Uh, will you be betting that game? Um, I, I might, I might bet yeah. this one because you know I. It's I, been I was, a while. It man. has been a while. I, I typically don't bet that game, but um, I was thinking back to my Hall of Fame game and and certainly what was going on at the time too, and, and you know it's kind of similar. Uh, so uh, you know. Certainly for Cleveland, a lot of turnover, a lot of change. And then you think about the Jets turnover and change. So uh, there's some jobs up for grabs. Uh, and, and there's some performances that need to be um, looked at and, and under a microscope and, and get it on tape and, and see what happens. So this one this one could be a more competitive one. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun over these next two hours on the show. Because coming up 60 minutes from now, Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker at the South Point Hotel and Casino, will join us in his usual spot. We'll obviously talk some NFL futures, but a big fight weekend as well. We'll get Vinny's thoughts on that. We have the Bud Crawford, Errol Spence Jr. fight coming up tomorrow night here in Las Vegas. And, of course, UFC 291 in Salt Lake City, Gaethje and Poirier 2 for the BMF title. Then at 1.15 Eastern, 10.15 West Coast time, Ben Brown, betting and data analyst over at Pro Football Focus. We'll talk about some win totals and then some interesting season-long props that he has as well. But, Pritch, obviously we have to start with the big news that we saw in the NFL yesterday, and I was kind of debating in my head. I was like, where do I want to start? Do I want to uh-huh. start Jalen Ramsey? Do I want to start Joe Burrow? Let's start Joe Burrow okay. just to kind of uh, put folks' minds at ease who are Cincinnati Bengals fans or Cincinnati Bengals 
betters and believers because yesterday afternoon we saw Joe Burrow at practice carted off after suffering a calf injury. It has been reported that it's a calf strain. When you take a look at the video in our viewing audience right now, we're playing the video, but for our, our audio audience, I'm sure you could search it on Twitter. It's been absolutely everywhere since it happened yesterday afternoon. But Burrow, routine play and team period, escapes the pocket mm -hmm. and then just comes up limping. Yep. And then starts skipping around and goes to the ground and, and, and starts holding his calf. But prior to the injury, he was already wearing that sleeve on that right calf. So it sounds like they've kind of dodged the bullet. It's not the dreaded Achilles. At least we don't believe it is, which would be season ending. But that still puts a little bit of fear in your heart there if you're a Cincinnati Bengals better. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it, it seems like Burrow, in tune with his body, you know, pulled up thinking that, okay, I, I just don't want to do anything further. Like, if this was a game, I think Burrow would have played through that play, right? I mean, but mm. this is practice the beginning of camp, and – you feel something that's just not right. At least you have that awareness to kind of, oh, I'm going to dial it down. That's what it seems like to me. And the fact that he had a sleeve on prior, you know, it's the beginning of a camp, right? And you're like, okay, why does he have a sleeve on already? Already, you know, you're going to put a sleeve on if you want to keep that thing warm. Uh, if you have something already going on there, if this doesn't feel right, let me put a sleeve on. It'll feel tighter, feel better. Um, but, you know, should be should you be in live drills uh, if you're Joe Burrow, if you're that franchise quarterback, uh, it, cer certainly if you have something uh, amiss already, right? And, and that's where, you know, the Bengals got to be better about that. Joe Burrow's got to be better about that. Training camp has not been kind to Joe Burrow. Appendectomy, no. right? Yeah. I mean, Appendectomy last year, yeah. that's pretty much all of it. Yeah, so, you, you know, he, he already torn an ACL. It's like, okay, this guy is your future. This guy can get you to the Super Bowl. In fact, can win you a Super Bowl. And from a betting standpoint, I am all about that with the Bengals. Uh, I think they can have a special year this year, but certainly Joe Burrow has to be healthy. Um, if there is some type of strain, make sure it's like a hamstring. You know, make sure those things are completely healed 100%, not 90, not 85, 100% uh, before he goes out back out there on the field. You mentioned the appendectomy that he suffered last year. The year before, he was rehabbing the ACL injury right. that he suffered his rookie season in 2020. So this has been kind of something that's been going on the last couple of years for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I really want to hone in on last season because Burrow missing a lot of training camp, it felt like that kind of bled into the regular season. Cincinnati, they get off to the slow start. They start the year 0-2, losing at home against Pittsburgh. And then against the Cowboys, against Cooper Rush, they lose that game in Dallas Week 2. They start the year 4-4 four and four with Burrow looking like he's going to miss a large chunk of training camp, if not all of it, does that kind of make you want to maybe fade Cincinnati early on in the season? Because it's not the easiest stretch to start the year. Right. They're on the road in a really big game against the Cleveland Browns week one. That's a rivalry game, in-state rivalry. Then in week two, they host the Baltimore Ravens, who are looking to get some revenge on them from the playoff game a season ago. It's not out of the realm of possibility that if Cincinnati's kind of still working some things out, they don't really have their QB1 through all the training camp, what if they get off to another rough start there playing a lot of these games, these division games, which are really important? Right, and it's a great point by you, Fim. I mean, you, you could look at that, and certainly uh, I think a lot of betters will start to look at those uh, those numbers, those lines uh, for those opening games here because uh, he he should miss time. He should not rush back mm -hmm. uh, with a calf strain. Um, and, and the, you know, to more emphasize your point here, you know, Orlando Brown is a new figure, right? Yep. Um, you think about this offensive line and, and uh, the history of the offensive line for Cincinnati. It, it hasn't been great in terms of allowing sacks, but you, you love the upgrade. You love the fact that Orlando Brown is back in that division. And he's highly familiar uh, with the personnel. That's one thing. 
how familiar is he with the drop points for Joe Burrow, though? Mm -hmm. Because every quarterback's different. Like a three-step drop for uh, a John Elway was different than a three-step drop for Warren Moon, right? Or a five-step drop for John Elway was completely different than a five-step drop for John Kitna. You know, these are quarterbacks I played with. And your offensive line has to understand that. And uh, a lot of times when you have a new quarterback situation like Tom Brady in Tampa, you saw those growing pains with his offensive line, timing issues and stuff like that. Drop points, same thing with Matthew Stafford. Drop points, you know, any quarterback that gets in there, uh, the drop point is so key for those tackles because they, they're they blocking a certain way and they're expecting you to be a certain uh, uh, level or a certain depth in the pocket or a certain area in the pocket and they're blocking accordingly to that. And uh, so protection schemes can be affected, I think, a little mm -hmm. bit because of Joe Burrow and the fact that he's not out there. But we've seen them be able to ramp it up though. Right, they ramped yeah. it up uh, after last year with the appendectomy uh, and, and that situation, and then certainly from the ACL situation. So they'll get it right. They're too yeah. good to not get it right. But your your point uh, about the beginning of the year, I, I think, is in question a little bit here. Yeah, I have no concerns about Cincinnati second half of the yeah. season. Right, but I do have concerns in the first half of the season because this is a team that has started slow in the first half under Zach Taylor ever mm -hmm. since he's taken over, and I don't know if they're have that wiggle room to start slow this year in a loaded AFC. I mean, starting slow, that might cost you the division. And maybe you're fighting an uphill battle, needing to try to sneak into the wild card or something like that. Like, that's where I think is better as to where it's like, all right, Cincinnati, we hold back. Because I don't think there's anything to do right now from a mm -hmm. betting perspective. Like, it seems like he's going to be fine yeah. and should be their starter week one. But how does he look in week one? Because you might say, well, Burrow's been there. He knows the offense. Like, who needs practice and who needs training camp? Football players, and, and, and you'll be able to speak to this as well, you still need to be able to practice. You do. <laughs> you, you need you need reps. I mean, we are a creature of habit uh, out there on the field, and, and we, need, we need reps, and we need live reps. We need full-speed reps. And, and, and like I was just talking about, it's one thing in practice for Orlando Brown to be blocking uh, a teammate or whatever. It's another thing, okay, you got T.J. Watt. <laughs> you know, you got mm -hmm. uh, Highsmith. You, you got all these edge rushers, you know, in your division. That, okay, wait a minute. Um, I, I, that's different. Okay, where's my yeah. quarterback going to be? And so you get these reps, and then, okay, you look on tape, and you get a feel. The, the game uh, of football, you know, so much about it is feel. Uh, and so you understand, okay, I can I can drop deeper. Uh, I can get more depth uh, from a pass rusher, or I have to stab him at the line of scrimmage because my quarterback's going to set up more shallow. I mean, all those things you get worked out or you work through during training camp. Uh, now, Burrow, again, his track record is the fact that he can get there quickly. Like he can he can ramp it up quickly after an injury, uh, but I do think they should shut him down at least uh, evaluate that calf fully because yeah. you do not want to take that into the regular season with that calf being compromised. Yeah, calves they tend to linger. It's yeah. one thing that I think a lot of football players have said. I know Donovan Wilson of the Dallas Cowboys, their safety, he suffered a calf strain the first day of training camp. Mm -hmm. They say he's out four to six weeks, should be back for the opener, but that just gives you the time frame. If it's like if it's a month, maybe it's six weeks, that takes you right up until that opener. And if Burroughs' first reps are maybe ten days before week one, right. I don't think that's ideal, personally. Like and I can intuitively I kinda liked Cleveland anyways in that game week one. Okay. Just because division underdogs, especially at home, like mm -hmm. they tend to play really well. They do. And they tend to cover. You look at all the ATS trends, but man, like to miss an entire there's a reason why we have training camp. Like, you know, like, guys don't just roll out of bed and yeah. say, hey, week one's here. Let me go out there and play. Right. It's like there's that acclimation period and having to get ready, and he's not going to be able to do that. Well, I'm going to go back and study the preparation because, I mean, you're coming back from surgery, and, okay, now you're going to ramp up the season at the beginning of the year. And um, and you wonder, like you said, okay, is it going to be another slow start? And um, I, the fact that this happened 
the first week or, or very early in training camp, it does tell me Burrow's going to be back, you know, with enough mm-hmm. time for yeah. that game against Cleveland. Plus, you know, playing those back-to-back divisional games, Cincinnati has already been working on those game plans all throughout offseason, too. Yeah. So um, nothing from a, a game-planning standpoint is going to be foreign. It's just the feel aspect that mm-hmm. you want to be conscious of uh, with Cincinnati at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and if he's compromised with that calf, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you want to be compromised with Miles Garrett, Zadarius <laughs> right. Smith on the other <laughs> side, man. Those guys are coming after you, and if you can't really move to your full capabilities, mm-hmm. that's a tough, that's a tough defense to face. Oh, yeah, with the Cleveland Browns. Oh yeah, uh, we do. BetMGM right now does not have the game on the board. It's off the board right now with the uncertainty of Joe Burrow's injury. We believe he'll play Week One, but still waiting on the official news of what it's going to be like for Joe Burrow and what the rehab will be like. But right now, I'm seeing at other sports books. Bengals, two, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Maybe that moves if we start to know that Burrow's not going to be ready to go by the time week one starts in September. All right, on the other side, we'll get to Jalen Ramsey. We know he's not going to start, but what does that impact mean with this injury with the Dolphins? Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VEASAN Exports leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. He's Mike Pritchard. I'm Femi Abebefe. We're hanging out at the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, breaking down some of these NFL news and notes. Uh, it's been a busy week in the NFL, man. I think we had the extension day where everyone was getting paid. We've got everyone now at training camp. Practices are going on. We're out getting sound bites. I don't know. I don't know if it always feels like this, but for some reason this year in particular, it feels like we're getting more news than ever before, and we're only one week into training camp. Yeah, you know, we, we wait 
uh, pretty much the, the first half of the year for training camp to begin, and the mm -hmm. storylines galore year-round. I mean, the NFL, look, it's a calendar year discussion uh, because of how they go about their business through the offseason. And uh, once we get to training camp, you're, you're okay. You want everything to calm down, and you just want the guys to go out there and get ready and get ready for the season. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, more storylines, more drama, uh, which that's okay. The NFL yeah. enjoys it. It grows the game. It keeps interest uh, at, at a peak level. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we are not short of storylines and a lot of it has to do with injuries because we're getting closer and closer, uh, to the season. Yeah. We had the contract discussion with the running backs right. and running back value and the franchise tag and all that stuff. <laughs> the content machine needs to be fed. Yeah. And unfortunately injuries is a part of the content machine. And we talked about Joe Burrow's injury scare in the mm. last segment, but one injury that we know is going to be a significant one. That's for the Miami dolphins. They're off-season acquisition, all-pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey suffering a meniscus injury. He will go in for surgery later on this afternoon. Head coach Mike McDaniel said that they'll know the timeline of the rehab after the surgery. I know this is an injury that you said that you have suffered yeah. in your NFL career when you were playing. I guess what is what lies ahead oh. for Jalen Ramsey now going into surgery? And like they said the ACL is intact, and that's the good news, yeah. but he might not be back for quite some time. Well... He's going into year nine. Uh, I'll put it this way because of based on my experience, I think Jalen at some point is going to wish it was the ACL oh. because you can repair that. Uh, the meniscus, there's been advancements, I get it, but you know, meniscus is uh, basically the shock absorber between your bones, right, and your knee. Uh, and once you lose the meniscus, you're bone on bone. You're instant arthritis. You're, you got problems as a skilled position player. I mean, I think... Mm -hmm. As an offensive lineman or somebody in the trenches, you know, you can get through that, right? The mobility or, or, or lack thereof. But uh, now you're talking about if you are bone on bone, if they have to remove lateral uh, meniscus or anything, um, now you're talking about swelling, uh, lack of mobility, getting your knee drained, uh, mm -hmm. medicine, uh, all that kind of thing. So I, I think an ACL, the advancements with an ACL repair, feel great about that. Just, yeah. you know, but you're going to miss a year, hmm. but the rehab, I mean, but you feel great that, Hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay. But once that meniscus gets, is, is deteriorating or goes, or you, you rupture it or you tear it or it's gone, um, then you got problems. And that, that pretty much, uh, could be the end of things. It, it was for me, you know, and this was back in 1999. Uh, yeah. so they thought it was going to be a simple scope where you go in you shave it off a little bit, what was ripped away or folded under. Mine was folded under and ruptured at the same time. So they actually removed it. Um, and so I was bone on bone. And, and that final year, Femi, what I had to do to play uh, was, was something I wouldn't recommend for a lot of people. Uh, in fact, I, I, I would think that Jalen would, would look to get a second opinion just to make sure. Because if they're talking about going in for surgery to find out what they need to do, the imaging isn't all that clear then, right? Um, mm. Typically, for meniscus, you go in, you scope it, you either shave it or, or, you know, I think they're suturing it a little bit now, and there's, there's advancements. But if they go in there and there's significant amount of damage, they're going to have to deal with that. Uh, and you wonder if Jalen understands that right now. Because the emotion of wanting to get back, at least this was for me. Um, I got a new contract. Mike Holmgren came over. We were thinking we could get to the playoffs with the roster that we had, and I wanted to be a part of that. So, yeah, put me under the knife. Do what you got to do. Get me back out there. But if you're Jalen, you know, you, you probably still have, a, what, at least five, six more years of your career left. Uh, I, I think you, you should think about that. At least I would.
uh, if I had to do it all over again. And I feel like he's thinking exactly what you were thinking back then because the early reports came out that said at least six to eight weeks. Mm. So where you hear that, it's like, okay, he'll be back midway through the season. Mm -hmm. But then we saw the tweet from Ian Rappaport, the insider at NFL Network, and he was kind of hinting at maybe this is something he comes back in December. Right. And then Jalen Ramsey tweeted this, and I thought that this kind of was in line with what Ian Rappaport tweeted. He said, quote, the end of the season push is going to be legendary. So, like, when I hear end of the season push, that doesn't mean November in my mind. <laughs> like, you know, like that means, like, man, this might be week 14, week 15 or something yeah. like that, that Jalen Ramsey comes back. Like, yep. like, is this a scenario? Like, because you mentioned that we don't know right now. And Mike McDaniel said, we'll find out once they mm. actually go in there and have the surgery. Right. Is this a situation where they go in and it's like, oh boy, this is much worse than we initially oh. thought to where he's maybe out the entire season? Absolutely. I mean, if they're if they're hinting at the fact that December and stuff like that, I mean, mm -hmm. maybe the imaging shows something different and say, okay, what this is significant, right? Um, but if they go in there and it's not that bad, then yeah, you're, you're optimistic about an earlier return. I I did mine in training camp. I was bone on bone, and I missed the first two games. But Femi just to play was getting my knee drained three times a week. Um, seeing a doctor once a week. They tried experimental stuff. They tried to inject some jelly in my, in my joint uh, to try to help that form like a, like a meniscus. Yeah. My body rejected it. Um, other surgeries that I know of is, you know, they'll, uh, they'll put in um, fake meniscus and stuff like that, but the, your body's got to take two. And that, that's the, that's the, you're out. For the year if you're doing something like that mm -hmm. um you know there's some other really invasive surgeries that they can do to kind of help you but as a skilled position player somebody who relies on lateral movement starting and stopping if he's bone on bone yeah he's looking at probably the end of his career toward you know certainly you can suck it up and go out there and maybe you can do something mm -hmm. different um but man i for me it was over I, I was bone on bone and could not be the same player i was before that happened and, and like you said, maybe he plays, but maybe he's a worse version mm -hmm. of the Jalen Ramsey that we've come to know, which well, I'm is hoping an it's, all pro corner. Yeah, I'm hoping it's just a scope. I'm hoping yeah. they get in there, they have to do whatever they got to do, and, and he's back in six to eight weeks. Yeah. What's still, what's that, the first two games of the year? It's still, yeah, it's still a pretty yeah. decent chunk of time. Like, I, my guess is that they don't try to rush him back. We have the schedule up right now for mm -hmm. the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they start the year two road games at the Chargers, and they have to fly back out east to play their rivals, the New England Patriots. Then they have a home game against the Broncos and at the Bills. Just reading the tea leaves, I would not expect him in any of those four games. Yeah, first just four. From my, just from my like, – I have no expert information or anything mm -hmm. like that, but just when I'm hearing what you're saying, I'm hearing what, the, the, what Ian Rappaport tweeted, and I see Jalen Ramsey's tweet as well. Like, I'm honestly thinking that he's back like post-Veterans Day or something like that, but at least I would feel confident saying I don't think we're going to see him in the first quarter of the season. And then for me now – the question that I ask is that, like, how would Ramsey's absence impact the Miami Dolphins' defense? We know they have a really good secondary. Like yeah. Javon Holland's one of the top safeties. Xavier Howard's a really good corner on the other side. And now they bring in Vic Fangio to be the coordinator of that defense that has quite a bit of talent. But Ramsey was supposed to be, like, the big chess piece mm -hmm. for Vic Fangio. Without him on the field, does that make maybe make this Miami defense a little bit more vulnerable, especially in week one where right now they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs? against the Chargers. Well, you, you got two guys out there that like to attack the football. You know, if you think about Howard and then Ramsey, uh, and then you got a defense that uh, they should get pressure up front. Vic Fangio likes that 4-2-5, the nickel defense, all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, the trademark of Vic, too, is to get after the quarterback, uh, cause 
problems, make the quarterback panic. Okay, maybe those ball hawks in the back end can take the ball away in the middle of the field, but certainly in the red zone, uh, be the best defense in the red zone. I think Jalen, with his dimensions, he, he could match up on anybody in the red zone and take them out uh, because you're talking about just 20 yards to deal with somebody. And so uh, that is going to be affected because he's not going to be on the field now for, for that kind of that kind of scheme, uh, certainly for what Vic wants to do. But you know, Vic is a more, more than capable coordinator. He'll find ways with the personnel that he has to adapt his defense, though. I think this injury uh, has presented an interesting betting angle mm-hmm. just because that week one line, and I think if you're a better who likes to just guarantee closing line value or to try to acquire it, my guess is that we're going to close Chargers laying three okay. by the time we get to kickoff. Yeah, okay. like, that would be my guess, just because the line has been sitting at two and a half. It was two and a half prior to this injury. If Rams is not out there on the field, I think he's impactful enough of a player mm-hmm. to where that should move the line from two and a half to three. So whereas if you like the Chargers in this game, maybe you just bet that two and a half now with the anticipation that it closes at three or – on the other side, if you like Miami, maybe you hang back and wait as long as possible because by the time we get to kickoff week, maybe that's three. I don't think we'd ever get to three and a half just off of Jalen Ramsey, but maybe it's three and you can actually get Dolphins plus three. Yeah. I, my guess is that that line actually closes three. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, it's a key number. Obviously, people are going to be looking at that thing, but, uh, you know, will Jay, is Jalen that much to a number, too? You, you wonder. I mean... I mean, it's a big move, two and a half to three. But he's a big-time player. He is. He is a big-time player. We'll talk more about this on the other side, as well as other news from the AFC East, because it's juicy in Jetsland. We'll do it next here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. We all know the sound of speed, but have you ever thought about the sounds of speeding? drive too fast you can hear the sound of your vehicle crashing because one way or another speeding catches up with you paid for by nhtsa welcome back this is the lombardi line presented by bet mgm femi abebefe hanging out with mike pritchard here we're rolling along on a friday morning at the circa resort and casino coming up in 30 minutes vinnie mayula hall of fame odds maker at the south point hotel and casino we'll discuss MLB trade deadline with Vinny as well as the big fight weekend going on here in Las Vegas. Spence Crawford, then of course UFC 291 in Salt Lake City between Gaethje and Poirier. And you know we're talking to Vinny, so we got to talk some NFL futures as well. So we'll do that 30 minutes from now at the top of hour number two. But right now, Pritch, let's continue our discussion in the AFC East. We discussed Ramsey and the Dolphins injury. Like to me, it feels like we're kind of like waiting just now, that right now with Jalen Ramsey. We know yeah. that he's probably going to miss the start of the season, but the prognosis and like what the actual length of the rehab is. We're not going to find that out until maybe this late this afternoon at the absolute earliest. Maybe it's even into tomorrow, but for the, another team in the AFC East, the New York jets, they have been very active bringing in a lot of guys for their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And recently this week, Rodgers took the pay cut $35 million pay cut, which is just, just saying that out loud sounds wild, (laughs) but now has a two year, $75 million guaranteed contract. Mm -hmm. And with that money, the jets, might be able to bring in free agent running back Dalvin Cook. So Cook is going in for a visit this weekend. And right now over at DraftKings, he is now minus 400 to sign with the New York Jets. But what would Cook adding him to that offense do here for the New York Jets? Because they already have Brees Hall. But it sounds like Brees Hall might not be ready to go week one coming off of the ACL. Well, it it buys more time for Brees, who's on the pup list right now. And uh, I think for a young player like that, you want to buy as much time as possible for him to get right. 
uh, because he is the future. I mean, Dalvin Cook, um, uh, he would come in as a rental, uh, but uh, a guy uh, who's uh, going to bring a lot to the table, a lot to this offense, uh, familiar with offense uh, in, in some regards, but um, I, I think takes pressure off a guy like Michael Carter and others and, and certainly takes pressure off of Aaron Rodgers uh, and, and the Jets. I mean, the Jets are going to have to have the ability to run the football. Uh, we know that Aaron Rodgers uh, and what he can, he's capable of and what he can do but you got to control the game too, right? And you got to run the football. And and certainly, if teams are scheming against your pass, uh, you got to put your hand in the ground and, and get after it and, and mm-hmm. be physical and run the football. So, uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, he had over 1,100 yards last year. It's not like he can't play anymore. He's just what 27. Uh, so, whatever the contract situation uh, should be, I, I think the Jets, once Dalvin Cook gets there, they should wrap him up. Uh, should not allow him to leave. Uh, and and I think you accomplish a lot. You indicate to the team that you're not going to miss a beat, uh, and then you just buy more and more time to make sure Brees Hall is going to be great. So Dalvin Cook was on Good Morning Football, the NFL Network show, earlier this morning and was talking about the possibility of signing with the Jets. And here's what he said. He said, quote, I think they're pretty high, man. I think we're in a position of, you know, a team that's building something special, and I want to be part of something special as a player. I want to add whatever they've got. So Dalvin Cook, it sounds like he'd be interested in the Jets. He also said that he'd be interested in the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. It'd be a Cinderella story to go back home, but I don't know if Miami is, is as interested, and maybe the Jets will be the team that ponies up the most money to go ahead and get this thing done, but it does feel like this is inevitable. Yeah, like, yeah. Like it's, it, at least it's either the Jets, the Dolphins, maybe it's the New England Patriots, but it's felt like for quite some time that Dalvin Cook is going to end up somewhere in the AFC East with the big favorite now being New York. Yeah, I mean, there's rumors out there that Miami offered him a contract and all that. Dalvin said that no, nobody really offered him anything like that. I mean, I, I don't I, I don't know how people get numbers with rumors, uh, right? Uh, but, the, but the rumor deal for Dalvin and Miami wasn't that great. Uh, and, and I'm one to believe, you know, Dalvin in the prime of his career – he wants to be the guy, but I think you realize right now the business of football is going to limit your opportunities to be the guy. Uh, can you go out there and win the Super Bowl though, or make a playoff run and, and up your money, up your dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, be an important part of or the success uh, of the Jets, and therefore, when you do become a free agent the following year, you can be the guy, uh, and then you can be paid the way that you want. Hopefully, I mean it's a year more into your career. Um, but that's what he has to bank on right now. Like he can't uh, go to a team thinking, okay, let me get a long-term deal and, uh, or let me get a, an adequate deal now and then I'll get a long-term deal next year. I mean, I think he's going to have to go out there on the field and prove himself, uh, and I think the Jets could be a great opportunity for a guy like that. Well, the Jets do have this target on their back because Aaron Rodgers is now there, and one of the teams that's gunning for them, not even a team in their division, it's the team in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos, and it's particularly head coach, Sean Payton. Sean Payton was talking with Jarrett Bell of USA Today earlier this week, and the quotes, I had to double take and make sure that I wasn't being trolled or I was reading something made up because I was like, would an NFL coach actually say this? And it's true. Sean Payton actually said these quotes that I'm about to read, and this is about the Broncos last year and what he's going to make sure is different this year, talking about Denver's last season with Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach. And here's what Sean Payton had to say. He said, quote, there's so much dirt around that. There's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed, tolerated in the freaking training rooms, the meeting rooms, the offense. I don't know Hackett. A lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS that he hit a wall, shoot, they couldn't even get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. He then talked about some of the work habits about the Denver Broncos and how that might spill into the New York Jets. He said, quote, 
It doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed, and that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much bleeping time trying to win the offseason. The Jets did that this year. You watch. Hard knocks all of it. I can see it coming. Ah. <laughs> That's what Sean Payton said about a current coach yeah. in the National Football League. Right, right. That's that shot's fired. And then Robert Sala, head coach of the New York Jets, had the chance to respond when he was asked about it from the New York media. Here's what Sala had to say. Um, well, I'm not going to acknowledge Sean on that. Is he? You know, he's been in the league a while. He can say whatever the hell he wants. But uh, but as far as you know, what we have going on here, it's um, you know the. I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. You know, it's uh, obviously we're doing something right. If you got to talk about us when we don't play you till week four, and I'm good with it. You know, but uh, you know the guys in our locker room, they they've earned everything that's coming to them. Um, um, and really excited about what's going on. I think Hackett's doing a phenomenal job here. Him, the uh, coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job, and and we're focused on us. <laughs> so the gauntlet has been thrown down, Pritch. Oh, man. If you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. Do you right. live by that motto as well? <laughs> you know what? Um, yeah, I think so. You can be motivated by it. Uh, pretty soon there's going to be a banner behind him, Haterade, right? Sponsored by Haterade. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, no, Robert Sala, they're taking receipts and all that. This guy yeah. has changed the culture in New York, and everybody has their eyes open to that. Um, I think Sean Payton better switch hats. Mm. Like, he still had his analyst hat on, didn't he? It sounds he, he like better it. put that head coach hat back on <laughs> because you're not at Fox Studio anymore. You're not doing that job anymore. You're a head coach of a football team, and you got to play teams. Mm -hmm. uh, and you really want to put that out there like that. You better switch hats, Sean. Um, but I, I get it. Y you know, uh, if this is a way of making everybody in that building accountable, because everybody in that building at Dove Valley was lazy and soft, uh, and they knew it, and they got called out about it, and they were embarrassed by it. Um, if this is what you need to do, uh, iron sharpens iron, right? If you need to do this and the guys need to – uh, buckle up that chin strap and back you up, kind of like the players in New York backed up Robert Sala, then I like it. I'm looking forward mm -hmm. to that matchup. I'm Week looking four. forward to the Broncos taking the field uh, with a different attitude because they needed a different attitude. They were soft, and everybody knew it. You know, a lot of people have been interpreting these comments from Sean Payton and saying that this is Sean Payton trying to build up Russell Wilson because obviously Russell Wilson had the worst year of his career, mm -hmm. which is a career that's been decorated with a Super Bowl and and, and been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but right. he took a step back last year. Is that how you interpret these quotes? Like, is this Sean Payton trying to get Russell Wilson's confidence back? Um, maybe a little bit. This to me is more about accountability in the building uh, and what was going on in the building, um, and and certainly privy to a lot a lot of stuff that happened in that building. Um, they, it, they need an attitude change. They need an attitude shift. It, it's not football is a physical, physical game, and you cannot be soft mentally. You cannot be soft physically. Uh, Hackett attacked uh, his first time as a head coach trying to be everybody's friend. Yeah. Can't do that. Um, you know, the best coaches will flat out tell you, not everybody's going to like me, but you will respect me, right? You know, you have to have that authority. You have to have um, the ability to lead men. You have to have that ability for people to respect you. Because how else are our millionaires going to listen to you if they don't respect yeah. you, right? They won't. Um, how else is he going to fix Russell if Russell thinks he's better than what he really is? 
Uh, he's got to knock people down, and he has, and, and he is. <laughs> but at, at the same time, you know, you know, with that analyst hat on, you're motivating others, though. You're mm -hmm. you're kind of adding fuel to the fire to other people on that schedule along the way. If you're going to talk about it, you got to be about it. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Hopefully, Baker. people can back him up with it. 100%. To me, I, and we'll carry this conversation over onto the next side, but I think that this is Sean Payton, like I said, laying the gauntlet down a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think that this is Sean Payton being confident. I think he feels like, in his mind, he's speaking of a position of power. We'll get into that on the other side and some other news and notes from around the NFL. This is the Lombardi Line. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. You can place a no-run first inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first inning prop bet on any Friday MLB game. And if only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $20. Take big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Log into your account or sign up with BetMGM today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus to wager, new and existing customer offer, opt-in required. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Gamble Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Offer not available in D.C., Kansas, Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Mike Pritchard. We're hanging out here on a Friday morning in Las Vegas. Coming up on the other side, Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker at the South Point Hotel and Casino. That's 15 minutes from now. But, Pritch, as we were headed to break, I will bring up the point about Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. We mm -hmm. talked about Payton kind of laying the gauntlet down. And this is something that I talked about on Visa Primetime with Sean King last night. And when I interpret those comments... I sort of see this as Sean Payton, who's had all offseason to kind of evaluate what's going on in Denver. He's seen Russell Wilson. He's seen the rest of the roster. Mind you, this time last year, this was a roster that everybody was bullish on. 
I'm not saying, hey, Denver could challenge Kansas City. I bet on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. Like, like this was a roster that a lot of people liked heading into last season. Now, obviously, it was a disaster. But I think Peyton sees what he has now. I think he's confident. I think he thinks that, like, oh, Russ is fine. This other dude was just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, like, like Russ is fine. Like, I'm going to get Russell Wilson to play in this offense because while Peyton is very calculated, I don't think he's saying these comments if he's like, oh, <laughs> like, 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 I might be in trouble here. Like, I might have a quarterback who's absolutely washed uh-huh. and all that. Like, I don't think I'm I don't see him laying down the gauntlet if he that's his evaluation of the current situation. They've only had a couple practices, but they've had OTAs, right. mini camp. He's been around Russell Wilson now for quite some time throughout this entire offseason. I think he's confident in his team, and I'm starting to wonder, should we be more confident in Denver with a win total of eight and a half to go over that and maybe even make the playoffs at plus 200? Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, Femi, I've been more confident about the Broncos, um, and and I mentioned it on the network uh, several times in terms of uh, if Sean Payton can fix Russell Wilson, this team is going to surprise a lot of folks this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that means over the win total, right? Um, You think about the Broncos and, and, and what's in that building from a talent standpoint, Maybe not as talented as they thought they were, uh, but they needed to upgrade a coach like this. And they haven't had a coach like this since Gary, right? I mean, mm-hmm. from a, a Super Bowl pedigree and all that. I mean, you know, you go through Vance Joseph, you go through Vic Fangio, you go through uh, Hackett uh, and, and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, wait a minute, what are, they, what are, what are, what are we doing here? Um, and so now it feels like they have an adult in the room. You know, they have that pedigree. They have... Um, what they're familiar with in terms of what Broncos country is familiar with from a head coaching standpoint. Let's ride. We're, we're obligated to say let's ride after Broncos. Uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, Russell hasn't done that this year, yeah, right? He, he stopped. <laughs> Man, that was so plastic. Uh, but the Broncos also were very, very aggressive in free agency. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went out there and bought some starters. Um, and and they, got, they got those long dollars now. Uh, with the Walton family, and, and uh, I, I think they want to certainly have that strong message in that building again, and uh, that's going to come from the top, uh, and certainly Sean Payton's going to have that sh- uh, strong pay- uh, message as well. But I'm looking at the roster, and Tim Patrick, uh, when he went down last year, uh, he's a dynamic receiver, and if he can stay healthy for the Broncos, that is really going to help out Russ. I mean, Jerry Judy, I think, is going to come into his own. Cortland, we'll see what they do with him, former pro bowler. But this guy, Tim Patrick, uh, he he is a surprise weapon uh, for this football team. And if he can stay healthy, went down with the ACL last year. If he can stay healthy uh, and that running game, too, and, and you know, certainly the new pieces, uh, yeah, on paper, they looked apart. I think defensively, they're going to be okay. Vance Joseph is back. Highly familiar with uh, some of those players still on the roster and is going to know what to do with them. I, I think... Zach Allen coming over was was a big pickup for them too. So uh, the Broncos are looking to hit the ground running, and they wanted the Raiders week one. They mm-hmm. got the Raiders week one at home for that opener, uh, and that's a team that they have not beaten uh, in, in quite a while. I mean, the Raiders have dominated the series for a number of years, so uh, the Broncos are looking to start fast, and uh, I think they will. I think they got together. It, they, they needed an attitude shift, and – uh, everything is pointing in that direction from Sean Payton. Well, just looking at their schedule, those first five weeks, I mean, there's a chance that they're either going to be a favorite or maybe a pick in four of those five games. Mm-hmm. You know, they're favored three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Raiders. They'll be favored against the Commanders week two. 
dog against the Miami Dolphins week three at the Bears, probably a short favorite, maybe one and a half, two and a half, somewhere around that range. And maybe it's a pick them. Maybe they're, if, if, they're, if they start the year three and one, maybe they are favorite against the New York Jets because right. the, Jet, the Jets have a tough schedule to start off. Yeah. Like maybe they start out the gates kind of stumbling a little bit. Maybe it's Denver as like a one and a half point favorite, or let's just call it a pick them. Like there's an opportunity for Denver to start the year maybe four and one or something like that. And and what that means for the win total, maybe if you think that this team's not that good, but they just have an advantageous start, maybe you bet an adjusted season win total under on mm-hmm. Denver, but maybe mm-hmm. you wait to do that after week five. But I think that they have a chance to potentially like start off really fast and get some good momentum going because the team last year, it was bad momentum from the get-go. Oh, like, right. You lose the game against the Seahawks. You win against Houston, but you look horrendous in doing so. And then the offensive woes and the struggles for the like the first 12, 13 weeks of the season, like they never really were able to get back on track. But I think Peyton feels like he has a really good team because I don't think he's the type that would be huffing and puffing like this if he felt that he had the, the, the lower hand here. I think he thinks he has the upper hand and he has a really good team. And I think he's anxious to kind of show the world, yeah. hey, like, this is not a bad situation. Like you mentioned, like like the 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties. They can't even get a play in. That's not going to happen under my watch. This is a really good roster. It's the good roster that we all thought last year, but now I'm here. I'm going to maximize it. Yeah, they brought in a consultant to help out game management. Yeah. <laughs> and that whole thing was a disaster. Yeah, he the take fans it over the team. <laughs> were counting down the play clock in week two. <laughs> right, right. Like it was a disaster. Yeah, you had players arguing with coaches and coaches <laughs> arguing with players on the sideline. And yeah, it was a mess, a complete mess. But to your point about the schedule, what's interesting to it about me, like the start, just don't play your way out of a situation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right. I mean, the beginning of the year, two and two is doable, yeah. right? The first four games is doable. Um, but then look at the back six games. If this team does get hot, yeah, those back six games are all competitive situations for the Broncos. Uh, and if they are a hot team... Who, who knows what their record is prior to that, but those last six games could be so pivotal uh, for not only a win total, but, but certainly a playoff situation. So uh, that's what I've been examining with the Broncos. You know, I, I, think, I think Russell is going to be fixed. Uh, it, you're going to watch Drew Brees in this offense, and you're going to watch that on tape, uh, and you will get fixed, right? Uh, it, it's no different as a player when you're privy to something. Like when Mike uh, Shanahan got to Denver, uh, and we're watching that version of the West Coast offense, and you see Jerry Rice running your routes, right? You're a flanker. You're seeing Jerry Rice. You okay? Wait a minute, I want to do that. Uh, and so uh, that's going to happen for Russell. He's going to see Drew Brees operating and executing this offense, and Russell's going to be like, "I want to do that. I can do that." Uh, so I, I think it does look. Uh, I think brighter days are in front of Denver Broncos yeah. this season. And to your point. Russell Wilson, when he was in Seattle, he always talked about how he looked up to Drew Brees because mm-hmm. kind of being a shorter quarterback, he was like, that's the guy that I wanted to emulate my game after because if he can do it, I can do it. Right. And, and that's why I don't really buy into the Russell Wilson, he needs his confidence to be built back up. I'm like, if you're 5'11 five and, ele- five and, and you have the audacity to play quarterback in the NFL, I don't think you're lacking confidence. Like, like, I don't think that's the situation. I think he's fine in that department. He needs to stay out of the front office. Yes. He needs to stop being buddy-buddy with owners. Maybe he needs to be humbled. He needs to be humbled. That's what he needs. He, he is not an executive. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, Russ. I mean, that, you know, that, that is caught up with you. I mean, it started in Seattle. It rubbed players the wrong way. It rubbed the locker room the wrong way. It fell out of favor. Uh, it carried over to Denver. Uh, you know, Sean didn't even mention that, those shenanigans, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he kind of cleaned that up. I, I think his opening press conference, he, he alluded to it. 
Uh, but no, Russell's not going to have a front office position. He's not going to have an office upstairs and all this stuff. He is in the <laughs> locker room with all the other fellas, right? And uh, and Russell needs to understand that. And, you know, his work ethic is off the charts. You know that. Oh, yeah, 100%. His, his, he's a walking uh, culture when it comes to his work ethic. People are going to be like, my God, this guy works out hard. Uh, and he really pays a lot of time and, and attention to detail. So that's not the issue. It's, it's what you said. It, it's the arrogance or the lack of awareness situation that you need to be in a locker room and you need to be a leader uh, to these guys in that locker room. So Sean Payton can convey that to him. I think his skill set is still off the charts. Yeah. This is not Seattle where you have your skins on the wall. Like, I've won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. We've won a bunch of division titles. You haven't won anything in Denver. So you (laughs) can't walk around like you were in Seattle like, I'm the guy like that. Like, you ain't the guy in the Rocky Mountains, at least as of right now. That does it for hour number one. We'll start hour number two with our buddy Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker at the Southwind Hotel and Casino, next here on the Lombardi Line. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.